Dueling Genre Productions presents... Oh my God, do you see that? When a freak accident strikes McKinney City, ordinary citizens are given amazing abilities. I can move things with my mind. Oh my God, I'm flying. I can fly. I can teleport and I can fly. Super senses. What, like Daredevil? We are just playing fast and loose with this whole science thing today, aren't we? Now, there are villains. Billy, when you have an arch nemesis, do you just kill them immediately? No. You tie the ropes just loose enough so that they can keep escaping. That way, when you finally do win the day, you can sleep well knowing that you rose to the challenge. Your brain works differently than other people's, doesn't it? And heroes. Leah Markowitz, Gwendolyn Allen, Jeffrey Gibson, Mindy Gibson, Simon Holt, Splendid, you're all here. I'm going to make you all into superheroes. Screw it. Let's go save the day. The Powerful. After I drain everyone here, McKinney City will be mine. I'm going to show this whole city what real passion truly is. And the underdogs. You're all imagining me as a singing, dancing chipmunk right now, aren't you? The people in that store need help, and we can help them in a way no one else can. We have great power, which means they're our responsibility. I mean, Jesus, what's the point of having five freaking Spider-Man movies if we can't even learn to do that? Geek by Night, an original podcast series about five friends running a comic book store with superpowers. You're really going to keep running a comic book shop while trying to be superheroes? It might not always be easy, but I think the world could use a few more underdogs. Available at DuelingGenre.com and podcast apps everywhere. Dueling Genre Welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Fellowship of the Ring, one sword-filled minute at a time. Sword fight practice minute. I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. I'm Norman Mitchell. And joining us today, we have uh, Nathaniel Fuller from the Gamers Lounge podcast. Hello. Hey, thanks for having me on. Yeah. Um, And today we'll be talking about Minute 112, which starts with Gandalf continuing his directions, uh, saying, Our road turns east. And ends with uh, that ominous shot of the birds the or whatever of it is in the sky. <laughs> and off screen, you hear uh, Merry and Pippin yelling about, not no. my arm, <laughs> not my arm. I love this minute. Uh, <laughs> this, uh, this minute is our establishment of the Merry pippin Boromir relationship, which comes into play again much later. Mm-hmm. It's, I love all these little character moments that they sprinkle in throughout these movies that are just some other, you know, adaptation might have ignored them. Mm-hmm. But it's well, just it's, a little bit of lightness and fun in the midst of everything. And this is one of my favorite just little moments like that in like the entire trilogy, I think. It's just great. And you just watch them and you're just like, you can tell they're having fun with each other. They like each other for, you know, five right. minutes. Yeah. Yeah. This moment, too, also, like, tracks across all the movies because this is, like, Merry and Pippin learning how to fight. And that's important because we're going to see those two, like, more than Sam and Frodo really, like, use swords again. Mm -hmm. And it's also really important in establishing Boromir's relationship and his friendship and, like, affinity for Merry and Pippin 
which comes into play at the end of the movie. Yeah, and like character wise, like uh, character motivation wise, his kind of affinity for Mary and Pippin might be because he sees some of like his relationship with his brother in those two. <sighs> Don't hurt me in this way. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, betrayal. Because those two act very much like brothers, not oh, like yeah. friends, they you are. know, or cousins, or cousins. Mm -hmm. Like they're they're very they have a very close familial bond, and I think mm -hmm. Boromir just kind of empathizes with that and that's why he kind of gravitates to those two yeah takes him under takes him under his wing yeah i like that aragorn too is just sitting back having a smoke he's like watching and giving, giving him directions. pointers yeah, yeah. <laughs> move your feet my favorite bit in this whole little moment though is when they uh flip aragorn onto his back and the look yeah. on his face as he hits the ground is great he looks so offended <laughs> It's just so taken aback. Just like I can't believe I just got like knocked down by these two hobbits. Right. I really like it is I mean it's played for laughs, but it's I think it illustrates just how um like I don't know, these two are really good working together as a team. Yeah. And it illustrates their like resourcefulness and I don't know. I I love Marion. It's very like it's very schoolyard because they just oh, yeah. they just surprise the crap out of him. It's like a trip attack. Like yeah. <laughs> you provoked an attack of opportunity. We're gonna trip you now. Yes. <laughs> it makes you think that Mary and Pippin have been off to the side at nights when the campfire is going on, someone's cooking dinner and they're all like making plans. All right, this is how we're gonna get them tomorrow when we do training. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Little schemers. <laughs> Hey, you know what would be really funny? If we like just pushed out Aragorn over. It's like, oh, how are we gonna do that? And it's like, oh well we need to we need to knock him. We need to go his... in low. We, yeah. need, we need to take away his, his sturdy base. <laughs> <laughs> when we each grab a knee and just pull. Yeah. I like this this leisure scene almost, because yeah. you know, people are eating. Um I know Sam and Frodo are like having food and mm -hmm. laughing at Mary and Pippin. Uh Legolas is just I don't know. Perched on a he's rock. Watching. Yeah. He's watching. Always watching. <laughs> he's like the. He's like a hawk. He's like a meerkat. I was going to say. <laughs> just. Yeah, Orlando Bloom talks about like this. Uh, this establishing that like Legolas's role in the Fellowship is to like be be the watchman. The watchdog. Yeah. Because yeah. you know he doesn't have a whole lot else in this movie. I also really enjoy how sassy Gimli is. Um, yeah. Like, <laughs> if anyone asks me my opinion, which, which I, I know they're, they're not. not you're like, like, oh, man. <laughs> Jesus, Gimli. Grumpy dwarf. <laughs> yeah, I put in my nose was Grumble Gimli. <laughs> I love the way he delivers these lines and some of the other ones. Those grumpy and grumbly Gimli, Gimli is the best. Mm -hmm. Yes. I like, and I like that that also kind of sets a character tone for him because he, he thinks he's the most important member so he's like why isn't anyone asking my opinion i clearly need to be more forceful yes. about sharing yes. my opinion he has a, such an inflated sense of self-worth right and gandalf's like nah yeah i, I like <laughs> i like gandalf's whole like posture in the scene like everyone's kind of doing their own thing and gandalf is like sitting like cross-legged very meditatively mm -hmm. thinking about like what to do next yeah the road without the hat does he not have the hat? he doesn't have the hat on here oh yeah Smoking a pipe. Yeah. Watch taking in like this whole thing and just thinking about what they're doing. Yeah. 
And it makes me wonder if, like, that voiceover that we got, like, last minute into this minute is, like, him talking at all of them from on top of that rock. As they're setting up camp? Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. How many days do you think that they've walked already? I, uh, I don't know. Because this, the, the Pasha Caradrus is, I think, a pretty fair distance away from Rivendell. Yeah. Already, so. And we know it took Boromir 110 days to get from Gondor to Rivendell on a horse. True. So, and they're walking. And they're not walking at, like, normal speed. Because they have hobbits. Right. They have short, stubby legs. (laughs) (laughs) They have hobbits and a dwarf, and they don't walk as fast as a man. (laughs) But, you know, they can be quite dangerous over short distances. Yeah. Twice as many steps. Yes. (laughs) So. So who knows how long it takes them to walk this far already. Yeah. And then another 40 days from here to the Gap of Rohan. That's true. And then Rohan and Gondor are how far apart? They're pretty um, close together. Like, kingdom border-wise, they share a border, but, like, distance between, like, Edoras to the city of Gondor proper mm-hmm. is a long ways. Hmm. So, that's, uh, that's something to keep in mind as well. That's true. They're traveling quite a long road. Yeah, I like that... I mean, we talked about it yesterday, how we get, like, a... a a sense of time table, but now we're just like, no, nah, I don't know what's happening. Could be yeah. this could be like sixty days in. It could be like ten, ten, yeah. or it's not five. a not a great way <laughs> of two. knowing. But we get a call out of like a direct number for like a number of days part of the journey is going to take, mm-hmm. and that's kind of that's kind of handy. Yeah, because we don't get a lot of those. No, I like that it's a little bit more nebulous. Rather than just putting a subtitle on the screen saying we're now here and it took us this many you know days to get here and be a little yeah. too much information you don't really need. Yeah, which is why I think it's so weird in the theatrical we get that the Shire 60 years later thing at the very beginning of the theatrical edition. Oh, yeah, because that's like the only... Because uh... it's the only subtitle like that in the movie, so why is it even there? Right. Why bother with that one if you're not going to keep doing it? Uh, it just seems like an odd choice. It's been a while since I've seen the theatrical version, but I don't remember that subtitle being there. Yeah, it's uh, right when the prologue ends, before just before the, the title, title card. card. Huh. It's like, and when Frodo's sitting there with the book, it says the Shire, sixty years later, in the bottom left, bottom left hand side of the yeah. screen. I have to go dig out my DVD again. I know because we just watched the, um, we just recently watched the theatrical, and I had never seen it before, and I was like, "Whoa, that's weird." Oh yeah, yeah the theatrical is a whole lot different. Yeah. Yeah. There's a it frames a lot of things differently. It's not really like that different because it's really only like a somewhere between ten and fifteen minutes of extra stuff in the extended as far as like actual scenes, right. not the twenty five minutes additional credits. Yeah, but there's still quite a bit is sprinkled throughout, and there's a lot of moments that get just chopped out for pacing reasons. Yeah, like uh, like last week we talked about the um. Which way is Mordor, left or right? That's not in the theatrical. Neither is the scene at uh, Aragorn's mother's grave. Yeah. It's unfortunate that they cut so much um, like character stuff. Yeah, I understand why, because yeah. pacing, but... But yeah. having seen it from the start, seeing the theatrical version way back when first, I didn't really miss anything from the movie, except for Lothlorien later on. That's the part that feels the most cut up if you've read the books and know the story going into it. It was like, oh, wow, there's a whole lot not in here. Whereas 
after watching the extended version later, you're like, oh, these are cool moments. I'm glad they're in here now, but I can kind of see why they cut them out of a theatrical version, especially for 2001 when this movie was coming out. I think yeah. if you put these out nowadays, you could probably get away with leaving a few more things in. Because Yeah, because we're used to seeing longer movies now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this, I mean, this movie is arguably like the start of that trend in the modern era. Yeah. Because, I mean, I know there are longer movies that, were made prior to this gone with the wind titanic titanic um <laughs> is titanic over three hours long yeah titanic's over three hours i'm pretty sure huh. like titanic i think had an intermission during the theatrical release oh i wasn't allowed to see that it did not have an intermission with my screening really i think it did around here oh i'm sure that could be something up to an individual theater for whatever reason yeah, like if you want it here's an intermission yeah because i uh because the uh the movie is long enough that it doesn't fit on two, uh, on one VHS at the slowest high quality speed. Hmm. So it's like th- I think the theatrical. I think the Titanic's like three and a half hours. I haven't long seen Titanic with the credits. in like a million years. So, Titanic's so. long. I'll uh, take your word for it. I I don't know. <laughs> I I don't. Because it was one of those movies that came in like years. the two VHS box together. Yeah. Well, so did Harry Potter. Yeah. At a certain point, I think. I don't know. Though. By the time, like, the Harry Potter movies got really long, oh, like, DVDs have yeah. kind of taken over. Yeah, I don't remember even seeing those on VHS. I remember going, trying to track down DVDs at the time when they were doing separate ones for widescreen and 4x3, and, and you had to get the right yeah, one. Yeah. Yeah. Now <laughs> virtually all DVDs. You picked up the wrong, wrong one because the cover looks almost the same. You're like, oh, come on. Oh, man. No, I. Norman found theatrical editions and I looked at the DVD. I'm like, they're full screen. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, you know, these DVDs came out when VHSs were still a thing. Right. And they didn't have the widescreen TVs. Yeah. They weren't super common. They weren't like the standard. So I yeah. understand, but yeah. it still bothers me. You know, hey, I got a good deal on them. I paid like 10 bucks for all no, three. Yeah. <laughs> so wasn't bad. I'm a widescreen snob. <laughs> Your letterbox edition. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you don't want the letterbox. You want the anamorphic kind so that you don't letterbox it. That's what you really wanted. Yeah. <laughs> but a lot of the older stuff from this time period is like letterbox yep. DVDs. Mm-hmm. So even on like a modern TV, they still have the black bars on the top and bottom. Yeah. You have to a lot of my older TV DVDs are like that. And grumble while you hit the button. You're like, oh. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of my older DVDs have that the, the letterbox because I have a I have quite a little DVD collection. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's shrunk over the years as I've just decided I don't need weird this many stuff. <laughs> but yeah, I know I love all these little character moments. These are the things that I do miss the most when we watch the theatrical edition. It's very true. I mean, this there's moment so much. is still there. Yeah, but just in general, like they tended to cut the little character things. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff I didn't miss at the time, but if going back now, I would miss a lot of the little stuff like the Green Dragon all the way up through now, like these little yeah. bits that they just, time-wise, is, you know, like maybe 20 seconds, but it really adds a whole lot to whatever moment they're extending. Uh, right. Because usually it's sort of like a t- tail end of a scene that they cut it because they could get away with it, but it just gives it that little extra bit of character. Yeah. Yeah, because the most additional stuff is like in the first half of the movie, the stuff that they cut. Yeah. The, at least the longest. There's yeah. quite a bit at the end, actually. 
There's a uh, lot in the uh, cave troll fight that is in the extended that's not in theatrical. Yeah, the cave troll fight's much quicker in the theatrical. It doesn't go on as long. I noticed that too when we were watching the theatrical. But like a lot of the major stuff, the longer scenes that they cut tended to be in the first half of the movie. Yeah, Yeah. like concerning hobbits. Like concerning hobbits, you know, that's that's seven minutes. And um, like, yeah, that's probably the longest individual scene that they cut. Probably. Yeah, throughout all of them, most of them aren't whole scenes that they cut. It's just moments that they can intersplice in or an extension to a scene or Mm -hmm. a, a sort of tagged scene that's related to something else but it's technically in a different spot so it's a different scene through all three movies yeah the next longest thing that they cut is probably the gift giving scene yes yeah uh and the gift giving scene when i when we were watching the theatricals i I, it felt the most awkward to me because they still have like galadriel giving a gift to frodo i guess that makes sense because he i can see why they cut everything else because her gift to Frodo comes back into play. Yeah, in, so you kind of need the it. other movies, yeah. But and also you don't really see her interacting with anyone else, but you have that very extended scene of her and Frodo at um her mirror. Yeah. So she'll talk about in like yeah. two months. Yeah. But it's I think it's close. Although I will say it was weird watching Two Towers. Was it the extended version? I think it's I can't remember which now because it's been so long. But they have um them using the rope. And I was like, well, wait, that didn't connect to them. But I think that's only in the extended. I'd have to double check. But yeah, the gift giving is something that you miss. If you grew up reading the books a whole bunch of times, that was the one big thing that I remember talking to my friends and stuff after the movie came out in theaters. It was like, man, I really wish there was more of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because there's other things that you can point to and say, oh, this isn't in there, but I could see why they didn't do it, or this is slightly different from the book or whatever. But that was the big thing that felt almost like a hole to me. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, uh, it's a very different feeling than like my rant about Tom Bombadil. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Tom Bombadil. Oh, Tom Bombadil. I I think that's gonna, I think that pretty much does us for this minute. Yeah. Um, so we're from the website duelinggenre.com. You can check out some of our other podcasts on there, such as The Doctor's Companion, where we talk about Doctor Who. Um, it's on hiatus right now, but there are a plethora of other episodes to look at. And also Geek by Night, our fictional audio drama podcast that we are very proud of. Award winning. Um, how long are you going to say that? I don't know. Okay. Forever. <laughs> Forever. It, Forever. It won an award. It deserves to be mentioned. <laughs> Uh, well, thank you. And uh, thanks for joining us today, uh, Nathaniel. Yes, and thank you. special thanks to our Patreon associate producer, Leaper182. Uh, happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday. And we'll see you guys tomorrow. Have a good day. Bye. Bye.